Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rattelegion Broadcasting, that's me, uh, premiere podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and I'm your host, Mark Rattelegion, the mandated reporter and Frank Me Up Waterfront, yay! <laughs> okay, Kermit. Uh, I am not with Robert Winfrey or with Child tonight, um, but <laughs> however, I've got Mr. Positivity himself. He doesn't truck with all of us fancy movie reviewing. He just likes his movies and he likes them uh, hard and fast. I've been... <laughs> I've been critical in the past and you know that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen from the Screaming Boy podcast, he is a misfit and a miscreant. He's got women chained up in his dungeon because he's the dungeon master. It's Ronnie Adams. How do you do, I, sir? I do well. I do well for myself. Um, uh, recovering from the the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I heard uh, a four hour trip turned into a ride to to a walk to Mordor. Oh my gosh! Why couldn't I just get the Eagles? <laughs> uh, <laughs> They'd only flown you part of the way, and they would have left you on a high precipice. Real quick, so uh, two accidents. One incident of just of just crazy traffic, you know, mm -hmm. on on the thing. I have to adjust my camera. Um, right. and then um. One guy ran me off the road for no reason. <laughs> Where were you in Mad Max? Yes, apparently. <laughs> was the guy was there a guy on his hood playing guitar? Um, I would have loved that. <laughs> did, um, as he was running you off the road, did he yell out the window? Oh, what a lovely day! <laughs> like silver spray paint, screaming about Valhalla. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I thought I was in Ohio for a minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, it was just like he I was trucking along and he just tried to like it's like he almost purposely tried to clip the front end of my car. Oh god. And I had to whip my Jeep off the road and slam on the brakes while just laying on the horn and he floored it from there. Cause there was nobody else around. Well, Ronnie, I'm I'm sorry you were nearly mad maxed off the road, but we have right. business to attend to yeah, tonight. Yeah, I know. So you hate me. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Listen, the the line of people pa being passive aggressive with me forms to the left. Get behind Jason Deasley. Oh, um, nah, nah, it's, it's a long line, brother. Yeah, really. Not not by your choice. So I had you on the long road to ruin, and we talked about the first two Kingsman movies, and we basically both were on the same page. These are really fun action movies with very stylized yeah. action. Matthew Vaughn um, is a fun artistic director he does very interesting shots with uh with these movies i think he would think we talked about he was also responsible for uh kick ass which is a lot of the same stuff yeah so it's a bit grittier but yeah. you know the, the thing about the kingsman movies that we you know when we both agreed on this was that they were there's not a lot there but what's there is bright and colorful and friendly and lovely and Absolutely. a lot of fun to watch uh, and these are not as friendly. you would put it as you would put it, these are not meant to change the world. No. These are meant to entertain you for 90 minutes to two hours. Uh, wasn't this one like, it, it was like two and a half. Okay, thought. so yeah, that's and that's what brings that's, us to this yeah. dour affair. <laughs> the, <laughs> the King's Man. <laughs> Can we just talk about how the King's Man, the marketing for this was, hey, welcome back to the world of the King's Men. Matthew Vaughn is here. Matt, Ray, Ralph Fiennes is here. 
We're yeah. gonna have fun. There's Rasputin. Are you a ballet dancer? Get me a drink. And there's sword fighting, and there's action and jumping and all kinds of fun stuff. And then I, you're like, you go to the theater, you get your popcorn, you get your soda. I, I like I, that's Mr. what I did. I like a Mr. Pip with cherry. Cherry there you Mr. Pip. Oh, okay. And and you sit down, you're like, okay, Matthew Vaughn, show me your tricked out action fun. And, and, then, the next, <laughs> and then for the next two and a half hours, you're like, what the hell is this shit? He rips your heart out and says, you like that? You like your action now? Yeah. Yeah, take that. Oh, my God. I, I think I saw this on 930 on a Thursday night before oh, Christmas. Buddy. And I remember um, it, no, it was uh, 745. <laughs> I, I was going to see a 930 show. I, I changed my ticket to 745 and I just left work early. And I'm like, okay, I'm tired. I just want to go home, but I want to see this movie. I want to talk about it with Ronnie. So I'm up for a good time. And by the time it was over, I'm like, I'm going to go walk into traffic now. <laughs> it was just like, all right, within the first five to t- like, like 15 minutes of this movie, um, you, a little boy's world gets wrecked. <laughs> When all his mom was trying to do was help everybody, and they're like, "No, sir, we're going to bamby you right off the <laughs> off the bat." Hey, remember Guardians of the Galaxy? That movie's fun. Remember how the mom dies in the beginning? <laughs> Bambi, <laughs> Bambi. They bambied him right off the bat, right off the top, and then and it never gets any better after that. Like, uh-uh. uh, we'll get into the plot of this thing, but like, you're thinking you're in for a fun action adventure, and it's like this gritty war tale with some stylized action peppered throughout. But mostly, it's like Ralph Fiennes sort of dealing with the trauma of the loss of his loved ones, and you're like, what? Who decided this was a good idea? Right, like, okay, so I'm watching this, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm waiting for uh, Ralph Fiennes and, and you know to go on this father son adventure together. Right, where, you know they form the Kingsmen and everything, and I started watching. I started really watching it. Started looking at it, and I'm like, they're going to patriot him. <laughs> he's going to be he's going to be Mel Gibson in the Patriot, mm. and you know his son joins the army against his wishes. And promptly gets killed in battle. Shot in the forehead. All right, not so, battle. Not battle, yeah. sir. Oh, that's but right. we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. So, all right. Let's just get into it then. Um, so, The King's Man was one of these poor movies that came over in the Fox deal to Disney. Um, and I forgot this was, was delayed 87 yeah. times. Um, actually, I want, to, I want to read this real quick. The King's Man... Originally scheduled to release on November 8th of 2019, but was pushed back to November 15th of 2019, then to February 14th of 2020. Wow. Then the world ended, um, and it was pushed to September 18th, 2020, but we weren't done being in the end of the world, so it was released back again to February 26th of 2021, and we were still in the middle of the COVID pandemic. So... Following the delay of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 4 films, The Kingsman was moved up two weeks to February 12th before being moved again to March 12th. And then in January 21, the release date was delayed again to August 20th. In March of 2021, it was further delayed to December 2021 and finally came out on the same day as The Matrix and Sing 2 on December 22nd, 2021. If you um, want to open <laughs> against something, open against something that's also streaming. <laughs> yeah because people have to go see yours in the theater 
I, I'm not kidding. Had I had the option of watching this at home, I would have. I probably would have too. I hate to say that. Mm. Um, was this one worth the $25 that I had to pay today that I chose to pay? Not today, but chose oh. to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's what I'll tell you before we get into the plot of this. First of all, they don't even have a budget listed here, and we'll get into it with the money, but you should see how badly this thing bombed. Oh, Which I, I And I knew it was going to bomb. Like, with Spider-Man pretty much eating up the yeah. entire box office, and then it also having to compete with Sing 2 and, um, and the Matrix, even the Matrix being day and day. Like, there was no way this thing had a chance. But I'm going to say this, and then I'm going right into the plot. When I went to, on December 3rd, when nothing was coming out, but Wolf was out in wide release. The Wolf, the movie that not even you would review with me. And I had to go get professional critic Whitney Seibold to come on the show. <laughs> I'm usually your go-to. <laughs> I had to reach out to <laughs> no the critical one... community. To Ronnie, no thing. one will review this with me. All right, you owe me. Okay, we'll get it. And then he serves me wolf, and I'm like, no, no, not God, no, wolf, lamb, and pig, and you, and and like Ronnie, like I'd insulted his mother, sir. I'd have drawn the line here. <laughs> if you were here, I'd hit you in the face with my glove. So, um, when I went in to see Wolf, I knew what I was getting myself into, and and though it took some twists and turns for the most part, it was a little on. Um, I I knew that it wasn't going to be a fun romp. <laughs> okay. So I was prepared. It's about I, mental illness. <laughs> I was prepared for a somber affair. <laughs> right. I go into the King's Man expecting a fun romp because the the Secret Service and the Golden Circle were fun romps. And I thought, okay, just because it's a prequel doesn't mean we have to lose all sense of self. This could be fun, too. And it, and it was mental illness. <laughs> and, it, and it was... It was more dour than Wolf, and oh. that was about mental illness. <laughs> right. Oh, mercy. This, I mean, okay, so there were still stylized moments. There were still sure. uh, funny moments. Uh, Rasputin was just okay. a... Go ahead, finish your weird, sentence. Rasputin yeah. was a freaking weirdo. Uh, but yeah. I, we need to talk about him. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. 1902, British aristocrat, the Duke of Oxford, Orlando... His wife Emily and the youngest son Conrad visit better known as Bambi <laughs> visit a concentration camp because that's fun in South Africa during the Boer War while working for the Red Cross. Emily is killed during a Boer sniper attack on the camp, causing Orlando, a sworn pacifist, to determine the world needs someone to head off such conflicts before they occur. Twelve years later, Orlando recruits two of his servants, Shola and Polly into his spy network dedicated to protecting the UK and the British Empire from the approaching Great War, World War I for you kids. Conrad, eager to fight, is forbidden to join up by the protective Orlando, who speaks with War Secretary Herbert uh, uh, Kitchener, leader of Britain's military effort to ensure Conrad cannot enlist. And Orlando and Conrad also meet Captain Morton, one of Kitchener's military associates. Conrad and Orlando ride with Archduke Franz Ferdinand in a parade through Sarajevo, Bosnia, and Conrad saves the Archduke from a bomb thrown by Galrio uh, Pinsip, a rebel intent on sparking a war. Um, later, however, Pinsip happens to run into the Archduke's entourage again, this time succeeding in fatally shooting Ferdinand and his wife. And for you historians, up, yeah, kill, that, killing Ferdinand is actually one of the things that started the World War One. Yeah, and that lined up like historically pretty pretty well. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say it was accurate, but it was. It lined up. Yeah. Archduke Ferdinand. 
Uh, Orlando's group composed mostly of other dignitaries. Socially invisible servants learned that Princip was part of a plot to pit the German, Russian, and British empires against each other. The group, headed by a mysterious shepherd, have their own network of agents, including the Russian mystic Gregory uh, Grigory Rasputin, a trusted advisor to Tsar Nicholas of Russia. Rasputin, at the orders of the shepherd, manipulates Tsar Nicholas by poisoning his young son and only curing him when Tsar Nicholas promises to leave the war. Conrad is notified of Rasputin's manipulation by his cousin who works under the Tsar. Uh, knowing the Western Allied front will be left vulnerable if Russia leaves, Conrad delivers this information to Ketchner uh, and Morton, who set sail for Russia. Their boat is torpedoed by the shepherd, apparently killing them both. Word of Kitchener's death reaches Orlando, spurring him to head to Russia with Shola, Polly, and Conrad to deal with Rasputin once and for all. At a Christmas party, hosted by Conrad's cousin, Orlando attempts to poison Rasputin, but the plan fails. Orlando, Shola, Conrad, and Rasputin fight, the skirmish only ending when Polly shoots and kills Rasputin. At the shepherd's orders, Eric Jan Hanusen, an advisor to Kaiser Wilhelm II, sends Zimmerman the Zimmerman telegraph, hoping to distract Britain in the United States. However, President Woodrow Wilson refuses to join the war without concrete proof. (laughs) (laughs) The shepherd recruits Vladimir Lenin and orders his Bolsheviks to overthrow the Tsar and remove Russia from the war. Now of age, Conrad joins the British army against his father's wishes. Orlando meets with King George V who summons Conrad back to Britain. Conrad sends back a young soldier named Archie Reed in his place, giving him the code name Lancelot. Mm-hmm. Conrad volunteers for a mission across no man's land to retrieve information from a British agent. Mistaken for a German and caught in friendly fire, and this is what you were talking about. Okay. Con- Go ahead. Not caught in friendly fire. Yeah, that's, dude, that's not the right phrase. No, dude, like, legitimately... Said, uh, you said your name was what? He says, that's your best Scottish accent. I know him, and you're not him. You're a German spy. Leveled his rifle and shot him in the forehead. Yep. Dead to rights. Um, Conrad and a small squad venture across no man's land, but encounter German shock troopers across silently from the other side. The troops engage in, in a silent combat, unable to use firearms. Because oh, that was cool. Scene. Yeah. Killing everyone in the crossfire. Conrad is saved from an armored soldier when the... T- when the Tommy who led the mission shoots and kills his attacker, but the ensuing crossfire kills everyone but Conrad. Conrad, Conrad manages to escape and bunker down in a crater where he meets a spy they were sent to retrieve. Conrad carries him back to the British trenches, but is mistaken for a German spy when he claims his name is Archie Reed. Conrad is shot and killed. Okay, that's what, okay. So, that's okay. Yeah, I mixed up. Sorry. Right. Um, However, the information is retrieved from the spy is the proof President Wilson required to enter the war. The proto Kingsmen learn Wilson is being blackmailed. With a film of him seduced by one of Shepard's agents, Mati Hari. Um, Mata Hari. Orlando locates Hari at the American embassy and recovers a scarf made from the rare wool only found in one specific region of Scotland. Correctly <coughs> identifying this location as the Shepard's base of op- operations, Orlando, Shola, and Polly head there and fight their way inside. Morton, Kishner's agent, is revealed to be the Shepard. Orlando and Shola kill Morton while Polly recovers the original film negative of Wilson's seduction allowing his country's forces to mobilize. A year after the war, Orlando purchases the Kingsman Taylor Shop as a front for his organization. Orlando, Shola, Polly, King George, Archie Reed, and the U.S. Ambassador to Britain form the original Kingsman, each assuming a code name from the King Arthur legend to honor Conrad. 
In a mid-credit scene, Eric Jan Hanussen introduces Lennon to a young Adolf Hitler played by David Cross. Right. All right, Ronnie, you've been waiting. Go ahead. Tell oh, me no, what you no. thought oh, of this movie. Okay, first of all, it, it, it is not... Uh, it's not all happy fun time like the others were and, you know, no. ridiculousness and, and um, you know, uh, Elton John jump kicking somebody in the face. <laughs> this one actually, I mean, like, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. It was a little, mm-hmm. it was a little shocking. It was a little, like you said, dour. It was sad in some, in multiple places. Yeah. But it was still good. I mean, like, the stylized action wasn't as stylized. Right. Um. They kind of brought it back down. It went from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen stylized to like mm-hmm. James Bond. Yeah, I was going to say the word I would use is it, this was a more subdued effect. Subdued, yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> like uh, when he, okay, I don't know where that they found that cliff that or that bluff mm-hmm. where they, oh man, but that was gorgeous, but it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, you know, they had to fly up and and parachute in. He goes, "This is a parachute." You know, and he's like, it allows you to jump from a plane safely. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they didn't have parachutes back then. <laughs> I mean, he so, gets like caught in the biplane wing and he has to like cut himself loose from the wing. Oh, man, that was that was intense. That so was. the 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 entire like uh, silent fight scene mm-hmm. where the, you're you're literally in the middle of the battlefield where the fire is being gunfire is being exchanged. And you know, if somebody makes a noise, a loud noise, there's going to be gunfire from each end that's just going to cut you in half. Right. And that's what happens. And then they just start pulling, you know, tomahawk. Like one guy had like a, well, it was like a a trench axe and a knife and shovels. And a couple of the Nazis had the the gauntlet with the knife on the end. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is going to be so amazing. And it was such a good fight scene. It reminded me of, of the other Kingsman movies. And then they promptly shot old boy in the head. <laughs> and I was like, what, what? and literally I was audible in the theater going, what, why, what, <laughs> why? And everybody was like, shush. And I'm like, sorry, that took me off guard. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I my mindset was like forcibly changed by this movie. And that's the thing. Like, I don't want to be too hard on it. Um, I'm no, not going to yeah. lie. I did not love this movie. I'm glad you liked it, and I'm not going to fault you for liking it. Yeah. I think I... Uh, here's the thing. If you... like, like There's a Netflix movie coming out in the not-too-distant future. Munich, I think is what it's called. Um, And then it has like a tagline in, as part of the title. Um, I can look it up real quick when I'm done You'll talking. Love it. But, but I mean, like, it, it's a serious war movie. Yeah. Um, You know, we... Uh, what do you call it? Um, Andrew and I, and I actually just finished listening to it today from back in November... Whoa, our veterans day show it. we talked uh band of brothers oh like, man, these yeah. are serious war movies yeah. and i enjoyed them i enjoyed band of brothers but like i was ready for that i was ready to cry and be hit emotionally and yeah. be there with these guys as they you know as they risked life and limb and, and many died in the service of you know uh, of fighting the great war the, absolutely uh, the, the, the war to end all well no the war to end all wars was world war one um World which War II. oddly enough <laughs> yeah it didn't um but in, in any case when you you know it's like you know me and you were going to review the kingsman i'm like okay well this will be fun this will be like a fun night out and it's like 
you know, I can live with the opening scene of them shooting the mom because that's what you, sets everything off. And I'm you okay, have I'm to have okay some sort that. of tragedy for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay with. I'm okay with killing Batman's parents. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go. You got mm. Batman's parents. You got you know Paw Kent. You right. got all this stuff to kick Uncle this ben. off. Yeah, right. Uncle Ben. So it's whatever. not like I don't want any tragedy in the movie. I understand there has to be an inciting incident that you know that drives Ralph Fiennes to want to do uh, the Kingsman. Right. Okay, fine. So kill off mom. All good. And then there's a lot of just you sort can of... Have her. <laughs> there's a lot of... So the, the, the tension in the movie is between Ralph Fiennes and his son. And this is kind of my biggest problem with this movie is so much of this is Ralph Fiennes not wanting his son to go off to war and his son going, no, my contemporaries are all fighting the great fight. This is an honorable fight. It's, you know, it's the civilization stands on the precipice of a knife the edge of a right. knife, I'm going to do my part. And he's like, you know, and Ralph Fiennes is agonizing over the loss of his wife so many years ago, and he doesn't want to lose his son too because no parent wants to bury their child, especially right. after they've already had to bury the love of their life. Okay, it's a little melodramatic, but I'm with you so far. I think but he also had that good-looking nanny that was like all over him too. <laughs> Sure. I mean, I, I I'm okay with the dramatic tension so far, and now and then they go, and now we're really into the movie, and they go to Russia, and they have to deal with Rasputin, and the guy playing Rasputin is like the best part of this movie. Oh, he's uh, so um, good. He's hysterical. We, oh, you know what? It's the lizard from uh, Amazing Spider Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, right, Bryce, whatever. Fonz, yeah. Bryce, Fonz, yeah. So he's great, you Bryce, know, Bryce, and Bryce. he's. Um, you know, and, and Rasputin is a proper villain. He's very over the top. He, he just lights up the whole screen and his scenes with Ralph Fiennes. He healed Ralph Fiennes' leg, which he was shot in in the opening scene. <laughs> yeah. By well, licking it. And then it got weird. That was... <laughs> when did it get weird after that? It got weird during that. It, it, yeah. It, well, there's a lot of implication that Rasputin likes to bang little boys and, you know, yeah. and all kinds of stuff happening. And, and and I and I, I must have dozed off at some point during this because my, my recollection of this is not great. But I feel like between him humping his leg and then him dying, there was a lot a lot of stuff <laughs> happening. It's just like, he, well, again, in the marketing, you're led to believe he's the big bad of this thing, and he's right, which done in that one yeah. scene, which I was so excited that he wasn't the big bad, and they right. let you know up front he was, and I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't see everything there there was to see in the in the in in the right. trailers, but okay. And so I can't point. I can't see I can't say what there was like they knew he who he was and they they needed to kill him, so they baked this wonderful pie, <laughs> and tried to poison him with it. Mm -hmm. And so Rasputin is like, all right, I can heal your leg. You know, sit down, take your trousers off. So Ralph Fiennes, like the 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 the, the refined gentleman, he is. Uh, Drops trowel, sits down, says, "Hey, there's, there's, there's the hole in my leg. What are you gonna do?" And then he starts like filling up his leg, and then licked his leg. <laughs> and there was a lot of ecstasy going on in their both their faces. <laughs> yeah, but, but beforehand he says, uh, "He said this pie, we, you know, we can eat it after after you fix my leg." And he's like, "No, I, you know, to fix your leg, I need energy." And he grabs this pie, smacks it on the on the table. To break in half and just eats it in the worst way possible. <laughs> Very sexy. By, yeah, by shoving his face. <laughs> and he licks the leg, and then all of a sudden he just looks at him and vomits everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. And it was like, what is like? 
I thought for a second I was having a fever dream. <laughs> And I was sick somewhere, but no, it was happening because uh, I turned around and looked and everybody else in the theater was just as confused as me. Yeah. And then they had that cool little dance fight scene when I can't ever say his name because I keep, I used to say Digimon, like the digital monsters mm-hmm. as a joke. And now what? that's all I can call. Dude from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, Blood Diamond and, and everything mm-hmm. else he's in. He's an amazing actor. Yeah, he's great. He's great. And I, but I, I've really done him a, a disservice by referring him to only as digimon now but <laughs> uh you know they, they had a great fight scene the whole thing was just so his last name is like Hunsau. yeah but it was so weird the whole scene was so I, I mean like you can't really take me out of a movie like that because i'm never really in but because i'm you, like sitting there like oh this is hilarious you know but so, it was so weird i didn't here's the I don't thing know. about that scene it sets the tone for like the rest of the movie that's true does it match the tone of the the other two here's the thing they sold they sold the movie on one tone but the movie is actually a whole other tone it's very true there's a a lot of really odd choices here the whole rasputin sequence is like if it didn't get weirder after that i could have almost dealt with it but it's like that's the least weird thing that happens in this movie like the boss who abuses goats (laughs) yeah what do those goats do to him Okay, never mind all that. I'm talking like the next whole sequence deals with Conrad in the war, and now you're watching 1917 for some odd reason. Right. How did that happen? <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> and, now <you're... laughs> and then there's a whole sequence of Ralph Fiennes drinking himself to death. And then Nanny finally says, get your shit together, pal. And so and he the, does. And lays one on him. And yeah. I'm like, heck yeah. There you go, buddy. You know, she's she's gorgeous. And then he's like, all right, now fetch me a cup of tea. I'm like, what the heck? I mean, like, I, I don't know whether he's he's a baller or if he's like, he just doesn't care that she laid laid one on him right there. Oh, fetch me a cup of tea is code for butt sex. But um, anyway. Oh, <laughs> 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 Well, I've That's been canceled from my channel. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I was going to say, then there's the demonetization happening. Yeah. Flies away. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, and so then they come up with this plan, and then the, the final action sequence is not too bad. Um, it, it's a lot of fun stuff happening there. But by that point, you've been on such like a, like a dour and weird ride. And here's the thing, like, sell the movie as it is don't sell it on what you think will get people there and now you're there and i paid for a movie i didn't want to see but here's the deal mark this thing has been pushed back since the flood of noah um and sorry i didn't realize you were taking a drink (laughs) and like you keep pushing it back keep pushing back and i understand while it was a little dishonest on their part, I understand why they did that. Mm-hmm. We're never going to sell this because it's been pushed back so much. It's already damned anyway. Yeah. Um, which, I, 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 guess know, I can, I can, I hear what you're saying. And it's not that I don't totally disagree with you. I'm just curious why Matthew Vaughn decided to make the movie this way. That's like, true. You made the two Kingsmen the way that you did. And like, okay, I want to do a prequel. I mean, did you go to some sort of seminar where Chris Nolan was like, look, if you're doing a prequel, you have to make it as depressing as humanly possible. Loved ones die. <laughs> there's no sun and everything's in slow motion. Yeah, I, I there's nothing in the rule book that says your prequel has to be a depressing affair. 
Like you could have made. Like and that's what I thought. Zack was... Snyder. <laughs> yeah, Zack Snyder would even been a better one. Um, to make fun of. But I mean, like, so go ahead and tell your fun Kingsman tale that takes place in World of War. Like, I, I'm with you in terms of setting. I'm with you that like Rasputin, Rasputin's like a big bad villain. Because even there, there was a trailer that came out for this where it's like meet the men you know who will take on the kingsman and it's rasputin and it's the woman and you yeah know, the guy who, you know like and you think it's gonna be like you know like the uh the, what do you call it the, the legion of doom yeah you know? like yeah it's yeah. gonna be a super team of like historic bad guys and i'm like i'm into this i'm into this fantasy interpretation of world war one even I when they were at the, at the table that i right. thought that vibe right and then they abandoned it almost immediately and and you get a couple of like decent scenes with all of them, but you know, I'm well, gonna, I'm going to give you the last word on this because I, okay. I kind of don't have anything else to say about this. It's like it's it's not a particularly fun movie to watch, nor is it an interesting movie to look at. What saves it are the wow. performances. What saves? I mean, well, the 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 bluff is pretty, but the rest of it's kind of uh, yeah, I get um, it. uh, the. The performances save this movie, and so like Ralph Fiennes is great, uh, Reese Zafon is great, um, Husu, whatever his name is, he's really, really good in this. The woman who plays the nanny is okay, the guy playing Conrad's a bit of a wet mop, but he's serviceable. Well, overall, he's supposed to be, yeah. So, overall, it's it's a well acted affair, yeah. It just it doesn't match the tenor of the previous two movies, and it's, it's so true. far removed from them. That I have a heart, you know. If if you're saying okay, but just judge the film as it is, okay. I don't know what this film is supposed to be because it's because it was like, do you want this to be a stylized action movie set in World War One, or do you want this to be kind of like a gritty fictional fictionalized telling of right. World War One? And his, Matthew Vaughn seems his answer seems to have been yes. <laughs> I want it all. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. Those are two different things. <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B, and all of column C. Sabaton, how many people do you want to be blown away in this music video? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, uh... All right. So I enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. It took me by surprise. It really did. The, the 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 whole thing. I mean, Rasputin like historically was a weird dude anyway. Sure. Um. So that you know, it didn't really throw me out of it. It it, it that felt more Kingsman-y than anything. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so did the last action sequence where they're you know he's got the pistol with the the yeah. flare gun on it that looks like the, the Kingsman pistol and yep. then it's just the sword fights and the little twist at the end there where you find out who the big bad really is. Um, it, it, it was, it was good. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting. Just like you said, I mean, I can see, you know, I don't, I'm not going to fault you at all for not liking it. One, that's your opinion too. I can see where you don't because this thing really came out left, left field and punched you right in the kidney. Yeah. Um, like Ralph Fonz is good in everything. I mean, like he's, he's awesome. Uh, like you said, um, Conrad, the, 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 the gentleman that played Conrad is not exactly going to the, Tashi station to look for power. He was a little whiny, mm. um, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm dead set on making that a gag between us, uh, an inside joke, but uh, it's just one of those things where like, I, I did find myself nodding a couple places uh, doing the church nod uh, a couple places in there. It could have been about 20 minutes 
10, 30 minutes shorter than what it was. Yeah, I was going to say, this clock's in at two hours and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is way too too long for your goofy action movie set in World War One. Give me, okay, give me an hour and 45 to hour, to stretch it to two. I know the mm-hmm. other Kingsman movies were two hours. Yeah. But there was so much action and comedy and, and thoughtful, you know, like, Okay, so we, we talk about everybody dying in this. Now, we forget that the Kingsman, the, the, the Golden Circle, uh, opened up. Everybody dies. Like, all the Kingsmen. Yes, but in, like, uh, a fun explosion. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Splody heads. Um, but, I, you know, I get it. Yeah, they didn't bamby anybody. Right. Um, hey, there's your mom, kid. Blah! Oh, no, she's dead. It, yeah, they missled um, the Kingsman house and, yeah, like, you know, like I, left I the crater it. in the ground. That's fun to watch. Right. But to see a mom suffer and die as her kid runs to her from the carriage <laughs> with doe eyes, mama, yeah. mama, mama. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That, this took a weird turn. Did I did I buy a ticket to Kingsman? Is this what this I, is? I, like, I'm wondering if like Matthew Vaughn had this thing like locked and in the can, and then like COVID happens and he's at home. He's just sitting with the reel. They can't release the movie. He's like just a bottle just, of bourbon in one hand, and, like, and a hand I'm, on the computer on the other. One. I'll show them just, one just night in a fever dream. He's just I, I. They don't deserve this. You're gonna kill everyone. I don't care anymore. Like pizza boxes stacked up. Ah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to make fun movies anymore. I'm going to make Kick-Ass 5, How I Killed Everyone. Listen, if you read the comic books, they mm-hmm. are dark. <laughs> okay. Um, but it is it, it is what it is. It's As I say, my famous saying, it's not going to win any awards. Mm-hmm. I was entertained. Sure. Um, and that's all I look for in, in movies. And, you know, in movies like this, you know, yeah. when you no, know... That it's not going to be like a world changer. I you know just want to be entertained. You know what might have livened up this movie, Ronnie? I would say better music. You would say better music, and you would be right. And I'll tell you where you can find some better music. You could actually find Tourist's cover of Rasputin, named after the character in this movie, nice. on AmazonMusic.com. We are actually giving away a 30-day free trial of Amazon Music Unlimited. If you click the link... In, our, in the description of this podcast, get amazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. You can try Amazon Music Unlimited for 30 days. Stream all the music you like. Stream the battle metal that I introduced uh, Ronnie Adams to. Uh, you can listen to uh, Terrasis and Dragon Thing and Hoozy. <laughs> Rhapsody of Fire. All the names <laughs> of bands that you... <laughs> Um, Dragon Force. That's what I was trying to come up with. There um, it is. You can listen to Toir, and you can listen to Elviti, and all kinds of epic battle metal and folk metal. John Cougar concentration <laughs> camp, but you can't remember Dragon Force. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> so go ahead and click the link. Get AmazonMusic.com slash W2M Network. If you like it, you keep it for 30 days. Past that, you can pay the monthly fee. No fuss. Uh, if you want to cancel it, there's no contract, no fuss, no muss. It's easy. And who doesn't love free music? Ronnie Adams loves of uh, the Screaming Boy podcast. He loves free music. Love free music. All right. With that, let's go ahead and talk about the lack of money. It's the best, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. All right. This thing made 
no money. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to do a full money thing because we have we're going to have an extended money segment tomorrow on uh, Matrix (laughs) when we talk about that. So uh, come back tomorrow for my myself and Robert (laughs) yelling about the Matrix Resurrections, and then we'll do a whole big kind of year-end money segment really examining the whole day and date experiment on hbo max yeah uh to just know that i can't even find the budget for this thing but it made 16.5 million dollars and do you know what that means ronnie (laughs) what it bombed (laughs) Woo! What is yeah. that? When did I join Vaudeville? <laughs> so I said, do you know what that means? And Robert, who's listening in on... Hi, Robert. Robert, who's listening in on Twitch, says it means he gets to use his soundboard. It does. He does. And yes, Spider-Man is making all the money. Going to win all the money. See ya. Rightfully so. All right. So um, I will tell you how the weekend that was went uh, from December 24th to the 26th. Um, just to see where it lines up against everybody else. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home obviously was the number one movie again in its weekend, even though it dropped 67.5%. It's still, I think I read today, it's it's bound to be Sony's most profitable movie ever, which means, as I was telling my coworker, we're going to get 106 more Spider-Man. Everything Spider-Man for the next 10 years. Well, Everything coming out of Sony is going to be nothing but Spider-Man. What's his head? Um, Tom Holland, what, he was talking about Want to take time off and start a family, and Sony's like, nope, <laughs> nope. They'll just clone him. Um, yeah. However, there were, as I said, a lot of a lot of um, debuts Christmas week. Sing Two debuted at number two. The Matrix Resurrections, despite being day and date on HBO Max, debuted at number three. And The King's Man, exclusively in theaters from what used to be 20th Century Fox, debuted at number four. Hey, it did slightly better than American Underdog. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) A journal for Jordan debuted at number seven. 83 (laughs) debuted at number 10. Parallel Mothers debuted at number 23. Memoria, 28. And The Velvet Queen, 29. I've not heard of any of these. (laughs) Yeah, well, he said after a journal for Jordan, it's like, I don't know what half of this shit is. Um... (laughs) Uh, so yeah, it's made a grand total of sixteen point five million dollars. Um, they effectively paid Ralph Fiennes. Um, it made nine million, nine million five domestic, Ooh. international made another seven million. Ooh. Um, this thing will be on like Hulu any day now. Like, oh, it's, it's, uh, wait, hold up, it's there. Oh, it's it on Hulu. Up. No, I'm I was gonna be like, wait, what? <laughs> It'd be amazing if we just got a. Email says it's on Hulu now. Oh, wow, um, look at that. So uh, just a couple of comments here from Robert, and then we'll move on. Ooh, steep step, steep, steep drop for Spidey, but Matrix only at 12 million. That's pretty poor, and I'm calling BS on the Matrix, so I'm even doing 12 million. That's a padded number somehow. Okay, Robert, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, yeah, anyway, this on. is a huge bomb for, you know, but it, it, I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't necessarily need to talk about it for any great length of time. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'll get your comment, and then we'll move on. I have a sneaking suspicion that Disney... I think Disney is playing the long game with this purchase of Fox. One, you got the X-Men and the Fantastic Four back from Marvel, which is a nice side thing. But I yeah. think overall, it, it, 
had to have known a lot of these movies were not going to do well. And then COVID happens and they have to release them in theaters despite that, you know, and everything's delayed. So now everything's like way over budget and they're, you know, and I, and I know that they, you know, they have to be in the red on this Fox deal, but I think the more content they own that they can shove on Disney plus and Hulu, then in the long run, the better off they are. And so I think like in the, in the immediate time, you know, a movie like this kind of hurts, but I think, you know, Robert just put in there short-term red, long-term black. That's the point that I'm trying to make. I think like right now it's a lot of red ink, you know, and it hurts a little bit, especially because, you know, they had to <laughs> suffer a year of nothing but losses across the board well, at all. They're not uh, actually, I mean, like they didn't pay for these movies to be made. So in some movie, cases they did, they had to pick up, um, they had yeah, to pick up production true. costs. But, but the thing, you know, the, the only thing that I can say is, listen, um, any money is good money when you per- make a big purchase like that. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got the entire, you got, man, you've got all of the library that they that they have now on Disney right. Plus with X-Men and Simpsons and all this other stuff. So yeah. it's not like they're actually losing. They're not hemorrhaging money from this. No, and, and Disney has other lines of revenue. And yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm saying, look, I'm not saying that this is WCW in the dark days. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is like, when they went into the Fox purchase, I think you know there was there had to have been at least the belief that some of these things were going to make money, but then 2020 happens and you know COVID. New Mutants would have made more money had they not just kept pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. Sure. Uh, was New Mutants a great movie? No. no. Was it a good movie to me? Yeah, it was. It was passable. It was good. To a lot of other people, it's like no, whatever. Um, but. <laughs> I we've documented but, our thoughts on New Mutants. We don't yeah. need to relitigate re- this, right? I get it, but it, it, it's there. I mean, like the 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 least you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money on stuff. So, um, why not just, release what you got? I just you know, I, I <laughs> check the archives. It's in there. It is. You can check our archive for our review of New Mutants. Last thing I'm gonna say, and then I'm literally hitting the next button. Um. Here, here's my my thing. I at some point, like, there's got to be a COO that like walks into the room and be like, like this Fox purchase has been kind of a dog. You know? <laughs> like, we are losing money left and right here. And look, they also have like some of the most m- m- some of the most financially successful pictures of the last ten years. Most of it being the Marvel stuff, and some of it being Star Wars. Sure, and you know, and a handful of things, Pixar and Disney proper, Disney animated proper. So it's not like, like I said, Disney can't afford to take some of the losses, but you, you know, when they, when this is what I was starting to say, when they initially made the deal, it had to be like, well, some of these will make money. Right. And then it's like <laughs> two years later, like, holy crap, not a, not, not a lot. Yeah. And then, they're not only just not making money. I'm like, we're talking hard bombs here. Um, so it's, I, it's so true. I want to take up for him, but I can't because it's, this just filthy. I mean, there's no other word for it. It's just disgusting yeah. of how much money they're losing off of this. I yeah, I mean, you like, know, I, I, you've got to imagine what this this had. To, let, let's let's take a guess. Maybe it was hundred million dollars for this movie, right? You know, and 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 it's gonna be out of theaters, and maybe if it's lucky, by the time it's done, thirty million. Right, That's a huge loss, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know. And I'm just and normally like the budgets are right there in the Wikipedia page. Like when when the losses are this high, then they don't bother printing them. It's like they like hide that information. 
Like, no one needs to know. Go watch Bambi. Um, all right, you ready to do the critical review and we'll get out of here? Let's do this. I'm, I'm oh. gonna think you're choking as yes. I'm dying. Are you ready? The Critical Review is brought to you by Grammarly. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes, while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, it's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right. Well, as you can see here, the critics didn't love it. Uh, the audience thought it was, you know, it was okay. All right. All right. Ralph Fiennes' solid central performance in The Kingsman is done dirty by this totally confused prequel's descent into action thriller tedium. They got a point. Yeah, I was going to be like, that's pretty much dead on. Um, yeah. but let's see who some of the, what some of the people who liked it thought. Uh, Jim Judy of Screen It. Just enough of what the get your mind off thing cinematic doctor ordered. Okay, no. <laughs> Perhaps a second okay. viewing. What you... part of get your mind off things <laughs> is family tragedy? <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm suddenly not thinking about COVID and my bills and tragedy while I watch this poor guy get shot to death in a trench by his own people. Right? Or... <sighs> um, I mean, they pay these people for these reviews. They really, well, this is why we do this. Um... Richard, no, uh, Wade Major of Film Week, KPCC, NPR, Los Angeles. Ooh, Ronnie's favorite radio station, NPR. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're my favorite. I actually like it quite a bit, despite some reservations about the tone. That's oh. not helpful. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> was that it? Yeah, that was it. That was the whole review? That was the whole review. That was uh, the whole freaking review. I mean, that's what was. I actually kind of liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like two bottles of wine in at this point? When you're trying to write? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like I kind of liked it. Is what I expect my coworkers to say, not a professional movie reviewer. Like you invite me on knowing that I'm not going to give you some like in depth. Mm. Like it made me feel feelings or anything. Right. Uh, I, that's something that even I wouldn't say. Yeah. I kind of liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Plugs. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sean Chandler of Sean Chandler talks about the unusual mix of revisionist history with the Kingsman energy works. The real surprise is how much emotional weight it delivers. I mean, it definitely has emotional weight to it. I just tonally, it's not really appropriate. Um, Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies. Yay, Kevin Carr. It's weirdly uneven. It doesn't have great focus. It's a real mixed bag, but I didn't hate it. A lot of these people are sitting firmly on the fence post. Yeah. With it um, like, straight up their crap. These are barely fresh reviews. Um, yeah. Adams, Mullins, Katib, Chicago reader, top critic. For the most part, through the film has such a sloppy but fun narrative that one imagines the expensive cast and then it just trails off into nothing. 
Um, Sean it Edwards. literally says blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sean Edwards, Fox 4, Kansas City. A new take on World War One, done in the way I would have wanted it in school. Okay, but that's not history. Completely false. <laughs> we have a problem with rewriting history in this in this country, anyway, as it is. Right. Please stop adding superheroes to it. Yeah, it's like the episode of Family Guy where Stewie gives the Indians fucking machine guns. Um, it's not how it goes. That's not how any of this goes. Paul McGuire grimes Paul's trip to the movies. The prequel is still entertaining and an improvement on the sequel, but neither have been able to live up to the fresh and unique tone set by the first film. Okay, I'll agree with that. I'll accept yeah. for that it, it it's not as good as the sequel. The sequel was amazing because Elton John, martial arts kicked someone in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't actually Sir Elton, right? but it was still amazing. Gary M. Kramer of Salon.com, that vaunted periodical. Uh, a I dumb mean, bit I'm... of fun, a revisionist history of World War I told in a nimble comic book style. Rasputin's is, Rasputin is deliciously over the top, albeit a pretty in a pretty spectacular way. Okay, I'll agree with that. That was actually a really good review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for he used the word delicious. <laughs> Describes someone, not something, someone. Sir, you burn. Uh, Jeanette Katsilis of New York Times, top critic. Any movie that lists Rasputin's dance choreographer in the credits deserves at least a look. Again, you're cute, but that's not helpful. Gosh, I just want to. I just, I just want to walk up and flip some of these guys in the forehead and go, "No, All stop right, so it." We're gonna end with this one just because you brought this up earlier, and I need to see if I can drive you to have a stroke the way I drive Robert Winfrey. Rob Thomas of Capital Times, Madison, Wisconsin. The King's Man has gravitas. If a movie in which Ralph Fiennes is licked by a goat can said to have gravitas. You don't even know what that word means, do you? <laughs> you just picked out a big, smart-sounding word, and you're like, I'll put that in there and say it has gravitas. <laughs> Robert Winfrey weighing in from the peanut gallery. How is that helpful? <laughs> All right, folks. I uh, I just want some of these guys to write like a elementary school style note. Did you like it? Check yes or no. <laughs> That'll be more information than some of them give right now. Yeah. All right, folks. That's our abbreviated review of the King's Man. Um, Go tomorrow. See it. <laughs> tomorrow. Um, Myself, Robert Winfrey, and possibly Alexis Hanna, who knows, will be reviewing The Matrix 4. And like I said, we're also going to do an extended um, money segment where we look at the experiment that was the HBO Max. <laughs> we don't care anymore. The depressed, throwing their hands up way of approaching how to release movies this year. Of Hey, let's decide in December. We're going to release our entire slate of movies. We don't know what's happening with COVID. We don't know what's happening with vaccines, but the hell with it. Let's just release everything on HBO Max and see what happens. Uh, we will we will dissect that and see if it worked or not. Gonna go ahead and tell you it didn't. Um, but tune in for the details. Wednesday, um, myself, Rob, uh, Jesse Starcher, and Robert Cooper will be doing uh, Lordy Super Fly Trap, one of the seven albums released simultaneously as part of Lordy Versity. On the Metal Hammer of Doom. Um, on Thursday, 
Uh, Alexis slept through the first one, so we're going to attempt this one more time, but we're going to do it uh, together with Looney Tunes. We're going to review Animaniac Season 2 and Looney Tunes Season 3 in one review instead of breaking it up over two. And then in the evening time, myself and uh, David Wright will be reviewing Foundation on Apple Plus, Foundation Season 1. Uh, based on the Isaac Asimov books. It's been an interesting show so far. I'm almost done with it. Very cool. Um, hey, you're going to be on a roundtable that's recording and will air <clears throat> the following week uh, on the Spider-Man movie. How do you feel I about am? That? Yeah, aren't you I on thought the they already did that. <laughs> no, that's happening New Year's Eve. It is. <laughs> sure it is. Okay. Well, I, I, well there are people... And we love people who are being people. We do! We love being able to know what's going on. <laughs> there are people gathering around Jesse Starcher who were not able to come on Damn You Hollywood because I said no. Um, <laughs> we'll be doing a roundtable discussion of Spider-Man No Way Home. So you get more Spider-Man No Way Home. That's all anyone wants to talk about. Um, well, it was a phenomenal movie. It was okay. Yeah, um, shut up. <laughs> it's fine. Um <laughs> Yeah, da, 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 da. Boop. Um, and then New Year's Day, we have our career retrospective of Weird Al uh, from a few years ago that acted as our Christmas show. We're going to re-air that New Year's Day. Um, so hope everyone enjoys that. All right, Ronnie, what do you got going on? Hey, I have uh, a show. Um, if you're watching it right now, I have a Twitch channel called Misfits and Miscreants, uh, where sometimes you can watch my big old head play video games, but. The main focus of this Twitch channel is we have live streams of Dungeons and Dragons every other Saturday. Uh, we're going to pick up some more games here soon, some one shots. We're going to start streaming some uh, 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 blah, 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 board games, card games, some Magic the Gathering, things like that as well. Um, it's a gaming channel. It's turned, I want to turn it into a gaming channel. Now, Dungeons and Dragons, you say, is it fun to watch live? Absolutely, it is because all we're doing is telling a story to you. Uh, and we want you to get invested in that story with the characters and what's going on. We're hey, playing I have, rhyme. Hey, I have a quick, quick question because yeah, um, I just, I just like a like ten word or yes, ten word or less answer. That D and D online is that any good? Is that like a good thing to like maybe do? Never really played it. Okay. Um, yeah, I uh, heard that it's it's vastly different. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk later. Yes, absolutely. If you want to play online, then you get somebody like me who can play online. Okay. Roll, roll dice. It's one of those things where I want to kind of get my son to learn a little bit how sure. this works, and I didn't know if maybe that was a good place to start or not. So it, it can be. I, I don't have much experience with it, so mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to tell you uh, a fair assessment of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've got all that stuff going on. Um, please come out, follow the channel, hang out with us. Uh, we'd love to see uh, see you in the chat. Um, I've got a great group. Uh, the they're just you know really finding themselves in their characters or the characters are finding themselves. Um, and it's this is one of those long-standing campaigns I can see going for close to a year, if not more. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's It has been a lot of fun. Um, got other plans, other tabletop role-playing role games, as well as another D&D uh, game is uh, coming up. Uh, just stick with us, and we'll see what we got for the new year, okay? Um, other than that, um, if you hang out on my channel after this, if you're watching this channel, uh, Misfits and Miscreants, I'm going to put up a Be Right Back, and I'm going to be playing some Vanguard later. 
Um, and if you're watching this on my channel right now, you need to do yourself a favor and go over and follow W2, uh, W2Mnet on Twitch. Um, that is uh, the channel that we are actually broadcasting live on as well. Um, you need to follow them on Twitch and YouTube, uh, the Ride Literature Broadcasting Network, all that, because they're bringing you quality content all the freaking time. I'm telling you what, I've never seen so many shows come out of this man sitting on my, as you're looking at me, left. Um, he, he brings you a lot of great shows. So if you're watching it on my channel, go over there and follow them. If you're watching it on the, on their channel, hey, come over and follow me. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks Stop for plug. Thank you. Thanks for joining us here on Damn You Hollywood. Come back tomorrow Shh. for a much more in-depth screaming match over over the Matrix Resur Resurrections and the HBO Max Stainless debacle. Anxiety meds before I watch that. <laughs> you might. You might want to smoke some pot. Um, <laughs> until then, uh, Ron, hey, if you like Ronnie Adams, and who doesn't? Who, everyone loves Ronnie. Ronnie's going to be on a bunch of shows in the month of January. I sent you a schedule earlier. I actually like got a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> You're on like half a dozen shows throughout the month of January. So I looked at it today, and I was like, holy crap. So Ronnie's on a whole bunch of stuff. Um and that's been like months in the making. Like, hey, I wanted to get back into podcasting. Great. I have a whole bunch of crap for you in January to do. I was like, oh, God. And when he said crap, he... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Until then, uh, thanks for joining us here. Thanks, thanks Robert, for hanging out with us on, on Twitch. Whoever else watched us live, be well, be safe, and behave.